listeners, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today I welcome back my very tolerable brother, Brian, so we can travel to Lovecraft Country. Sup, bro? Sup? (laughs) (laughs) Traveling to Lovecraft Country is out of context could sound really weird to, to, to say with your brother. <laughs> that's, oh, God, that's, yeah. Yeah, no, if no, you don't it's... know, if you don't have the context, then you're like, wait, what? But <laughs> Maybe they think it's like a reference to like Schitt's Creek. Don't worry, it's his sister. Yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> I, I don't know if you're planning on mentioning it, but I just want to put it out there for everyone that we, we are wearing matching purple tank tops <laughs> on accident. So I know. <laughs> I know. I got to figure out. Do you know how to, I got to figure out how to take a picture through the zoomies? I took a, I took a little screenshot, but uh, yeah. Do it again. Do it again. A little, Let me a little embarrassing. All right. All right. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I'll send that to you. It's fucking ridiculous. It's really I literally dumb. own one purple shirt. Yep. And I kind of randomly put it on today. And lo and behold, he's wearing a purple <laughs> shirt. So... That's fucked up, but yeah. we're not here to talk about purple shirts. We're here to talk about uh, the show Lovecraft Country. So spoilers for Lovecraft Country, the HBO original series based off the book by Matt Ruff and stars Jonathan Majors, Journey Smollett, Courtney B. Vance, Michael Kenneth Williams, Anjanu Ellis, and Wunmi Musako, and many more. So What'd you think of Lovecraft Country? I'm still processing. <laughs> I I kind of I had a, I told you this earlier. I kind of had to cram it all. Like uh, in general, and we've talked about this I think in the past. But in general, it's been hard for me to like get into shows. And so this one actually took me like a couple to get into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of crammed it. So I actually just finished yesterday i went into it not knowing what it was about at all so lots of um it was very interesting <laughs> like it, like i think it's i think it's obvious it's obviously unique and it's um the production value is there and i liked all the actors and actresses that they picked i thought the casting was really really good um but i had a trouble like following certain things so, so there are certain names and certain um, aspects of the plot that like are still a little unclear to me, especially since I just like finished it yesterday. So I'm still like like processing of like I'm I'm pretty positive I'm gonna watch it through again eventually, but still a little confused on it. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know exactly what you mean. Um, the first time I watched it there seemed to be it felt disconnected episode to episode because it's like we get the first episode which is fucking bonkers or yeah well even in like episode two so in episode two uncle george dies and that was emotionally gutting i felt this show was amazing i agree with everything you said the acting and the writing was phenomenal and a lot of like the character arcs were amazing and just emotional but at the end of episode two uncle george dies and then we start with episode three and it's like nothing happened initially everyone like letty's got all this money she buys this house on the north side of chicago 
and no one really seems to be talking about what had what all happened in those first two episodes so it was the first time I watched it I had to go back and make sure like did we miss an episode did I miss <laughs> something but as the series goes on it kind of brings all those pieces together so I yeah I agree it, it can feel very like disjointed going through it the first time but I definitely re recommend at least another watch through knowing how everything plays out knowing what happens to the characters and their backstories specifically Montrose and kind of viewing his character through a different lens I I want to I guess I will start with Montrose because his arc and just those layers of him being peeled back throughout the series was fucking amazing and the actor did a phenomenal job uh, I started off just didn't like the character was quick to dismiss him so I missed all these hints to him being gay and so when it was revealed and everything in the series I was like well everything makes so much more sense now <laughs> and then um the Tulsa episode was very heartbreaking but his uh his little monologue at the end of the episode where he talks about the different uh people of Tulsa that died were all real people so he did oh my god I by the end of the series I just I wanted to just cradle Montrose and be like it's gonna be okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean that that I it makes sense that you start with Montrose because watching through everything and like I said just finishing the last just finishing the whole series yesterday the first thought that I had was like that dude has gone through some shit, man. Like, like he has gone through a lot and you, you talking about like his arc and everything is really fascinating. Cause that's, that's one of the things that I love. That's another thing that I admire in other shows um, with, with character arcs is when you, when your whole perception of them flips as you get to know them more. And as you get to know, like more about their upbringing and, and like, as the show explains, like why they are the way that they are. And I think Montrose is a perfect example of that. And not to get like too deep, but I think that's a very like real world thing of like, you know, it's so easy to judge anyone, right? Like that, that's mm -hmm. the easiest thing to do in the world. But then it's once you get to know the people, once you start to understand the history and the context of, of behaviors because of things that they've gone through, then you start to become more empathic towards other people. And so like you talking about Montrose's journey, like I feel like that's a very... Um, interesting I, I it's very relatable in real life is mm -hmm. what i'm trying to say yeah yeah because it's like i wouldn't even call it like a redemption story because he didn't really need to read like when i think of like a redemption arc i think of like jamie lannister and how he almost made it and then that last season they decided to just shit on it but that i think is more close to a redemption arc whereas we just we're just seeing we're getting through that tough exterior and getting past all these different layers of these walls that Montrose had had built up over the years after cutting out all the soft pieces the soft spots in them growing up to be the type of person he thinks he needs to be or the type of man or father he thinks he needs to be but then seeing especially in the Tulsa episode that he would have done it all again just to be just to be a dad to be to be a dad to tick and to have that family but it was i think the most heartbreaking line he had and i think it was in that episode was when they're uh watching 
um, Montrose's dad beat the shit out of him. And Montrose kind of explaining, you know, what was going on at the time and saying that he deserved it fucking breaks my heart every goddamn time that anyone thinks that they deserve anything like that even after the first time watching it that was the character that always stuck out to me the most yeah absolutely agree and and just on top of that like watching so that we're talking about like kind of our relationship with Montrose watching Atticus's relationship with Montrose change you know and waver back and forth throughout the series and and as like things get revealed is like so fascinating of of him like understanding i mean the 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 scene when they're like walking up to montrose's um apartment and like that's literally the moment where he finds out that montrose is gay and it's like the like you're kind of like in atticus's side that like up until then and then you Mm -hmm. start to see him like try to process it and and start to like demonize his father for his homosexuality and then you're like oh that's so weird like like it's just such a weird dynamic as a viewer to be like, oh, no, no, like, Atticus, you need to be more progressive than that. Like, <laughs> it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're watching this whole, like, black and white thing. And then within it, you're seeing this intolerance of homosexuality. You're like, no, you're not. You're supposed to be progressive. Like, you're supposed to be this hero. And I, like, again, I think that's what's so fascinating about TV shows these days is they do a good job of, like, having layers for it's not just good and bad. There's always a gray area now, which I really appreciate in, like, modern TV shows. I absolutely agree because, you know, I spend like the first portion of the season, you know, like, oh, Tick's awesome. He's, you know, he's sexy, and he's <laughs> very handsome and uh, seems to have like a pretty good head on his shoulders. But then, yeah, he's got, he's human. You know, he's not a perfect character. We don't have perfect characters. We have kind of damaged characters that have persevered and, So to see kind of that quote, I guess, flaw, and granted this is taking place in the 60s too, but where he's, like you said, demonizing his father for being gay and for the abuse, it was, I I didn't like hating Tick for a couple of episodes, but I did. I was very, very upset with him because like you said, as the viewer, we get that bigger picture. We see it all. And we're like, no, 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 you got to (laughs) understand. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So um, on Tick, what did you think of like, his arc and his storyline being tied to the Braithwaites and uh, kind of this descendant of magic. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I liked it. I, it's so interesting. Uh, so I went back after I watched it and watched some, uh, some videos about like, like Easter eggs and like some of the, some of the history behind it. Oh, so much history. There's so there's there's so many references within within the show, and I I think the I think the character Atticus was such a good thread in between all the shows to like kind of bind everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, now that we're talking about like, I feel like I I enjoyed learning more about Montrose's arc, but I feel like I feel like Atticus's storyline was so crucial and I, I feel like they did a, a good job with it the one of the things that I love about this show is that it feels like it, it's historical uh, uh historical fiction historical sci-fi horror so it's like you know like in, in Forrest Gump you get Forrest that's the the thread between all these different events but like you said in, in here it's Atticus that's threading all these different historical events that maybe we didn't all know about you know 
I didn't fucking learn about Tulsa until Watchmen. So to see it now represented in another series kind of makes you wonder, though, real quick, like, what's HBO's gig here? Just trying to educate us all and <laughs> make us a little smarter. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so there's, you know, Tulsa and Prince Hall, an abolitionist, uh, Emmett Till and Trumbull Park uh, in Chicago, which I had to look up and I didn't find a whole hell of a lot, but it was uh, riots based on housing, uh, integrating housing and everything. So. And that's just to name, that's just like the tip of the fucking iceberg of all the shit that they incorporated. So anyone who says that television cannot be, is not educational, needs to watch more HBO, clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, to see him kind of be the center of all of that, all of these different events happening, even though we get up until the funeral scene, just kind of little mentions of Emmett Till, uh, and all these little historical name drops. <laughs> and it was really fascinating. And I loved it. I love that about this show. I love how they worked that into this and that it's centered around like black history, black American history, because we get plenty of shows and movies that center around all these other main white focused <laughs> events and everything. Yeah. So it was very, very cool to kind of see all that. And I hope to see, have more of that. I like to look up my shows during and after I watch them. So the more that there's out there for me to fall down that Google rabbit hole, I'm all for. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, well, one thing I do want to mention about Atticus too, that kind of ties into what we were talking about as far as like, I enjoy that he was the, he's a, he's a main character that is flawed, but you, they also did a great job of like really showing like how selfless selfless he is through through the series like that you really get a strong sense of how like a how good of a heart that he has which isn't i feel like important for you to like one be interested in him but two like care about his his arc and everything and like everything he's going through so i i think i guess the word i'm looking for is like balance they did a good job of like balancing his character of like showing his flaws but also showing like his virtuous side as well Absolutely, because you don't spend that much time being mad at him, but mm. you know, he's a human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, what did you think about? So throughout the first half of the season, we get these little blips of Korea. He calls Korea mystery woman on the other end of the line. He went mm -hmm. home. You shouldn't have done that. And then we get a full on episode that's like in Korea, that's predominantly spoken in Korean which was cool, makes me realize that we kind of have an angry sounding language. <laughs> <laughs> Even it. when they're not mad, there's some things that just kind of like, ooh, you... anyways. Yeah. Um, I fucking loved that. I was like, viva Korea. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, more kimchi talk. Um, <laughs> but the lore of the Komiho, what did you think of that? Obviously, our parents didn't read us any Korean fairy no, tales. No, no, that was all that was all new to me. I thought it was really cool. What was so the um, when you mentioned that you had to go back, you're like, did I skip an episode? That's exactly what happened to that episode. I was like, where, where are, why are we in Korea? Like, what's going on? Um, so there was a I, I eat. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a shock, but um, after getting into it and then starting to understand like where the touch points were with the, with the main plot that was going on. Uh, I thought it was really cool. And I, 
I'm just thinking of this now. I didn't look up the timing, but um, so obviously this was released like short shortly after the uh, the a huge push in Black Lives Movement and like the the um, the uh, the protests and all that stuff. So the timing of this show was super relevant, um, and I don't know where it where it fits timeline wise as far as like the like a lot of the asian hate stuff that's going on but i I thought it was really great to have like some representation within the show that's um clearly highlighting racial inequality like in a very uh exaggerated way and so it felt it felt like honestly in general it felt like really good to like be represented and like have like like see asian characters like I mean, the whole the whole episode was a bunch of bunch of Asian people speaking Asian talk, and it was like, <laughs> you know, that's cool. Like that's yeah. that's super exciting to see, and I, I I feel like I'm seeing more and more of that. But yeah, not that I not that I think that we're in like the perfect spot with that. But it, it is great to see like our cult. I say our culture. We're fuck. We're 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 the whitest Korean. We grew up in Iowa, <laughs> but but like to see people with <laughs> the same features as us and like obviously like the the history that, you know, our mom and her family and stuff like it's really cool to see that representation in these in these um mainstream shows. Yeah, I agree. I think it's especially nice to see something so focused on Korean history and like culture and lore. You know, growing up it was always Chinese, Japanese, maybe Koreans, and then maybe the other, you know, Filipino, uh, Filipinos, Taiwanese, but it was always Chinese and Japanese. So I really appreciated that scene where after um, Jiha comes to Chicago and she's sitting in like the hotel lobby or whatever, waiting for Tick to show up, some guy comes up and he's like, oh, are you Japanese? Oh, you don't speak any English? And then she says something in Korean about eating his soul and and everything. (laughs) I was just like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, his assumption that like, oh, she must be Japanese and granted the timeline too. But I was just like, yes, it's Korean. She will (laughs) fuck you and then fucking eat your soul. (laughs) Yeah, that, that is, that is cool too. Uh, Again, like a, like uh, an, an Asian female character being portrayed as as strong, right? Like mm-hmm. as like um, dangerous, but in like a in a cool way, <laughs> like in a like in a cool like sci-fi like superhero way. Like yeah, yeah that, that was like that was neat. not that like silent, mysterious. No, you know that Asian trope of Asian women being no, like tentacles are gonna come out of my <laughs> eyes into your eyeballs, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like that's so alpha. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? That was oh my god! That was such an insane scene, and uh, yeah, just screaming into like my blanket because I was like, "What the fuck?" Dude, uh, I, that, I'm I'm like I'm gonna derail us a little bit to just say in general, like some of the stuff that I saw in the show was so fucked up <laughs> and like and like in a cool way but yeah. like like lots of things that I was not expecting to happen and it was so like graphic and impactful and scary and exciting <laughs> like like yeah just lots of lots of uh and you like a lot of that stuff happened during sex scenes which is interesting like mm-hmm. I can I can think of several sex scenes where something really <laughs> weird happens, and 
you just get you just get completely thrown off like you think you're just gonna see this basic like mm-hmm. sex scene between these two people and then it just yeah and then and just then like, like someone's skin fuck? starts to fall off <laughs> and like tentacles come out it's like attaches um yeah i'm like i'm like actually scarred from some of the stuff there is there is a it was like the third or fourth episode um is that when you texted I, me that like, yes yeah i watched it was it was the it was when they're in the in the house um they're they're in the house that um that, that Letty, Letty bought. bought yeah and it had the the like eight ghosts of the people that were like tortured and experimented on and I was like what is this <laughs> like yeah. like that you get then that's what I was talking about like getting jarred in the show is like you start to think it's one thing mm-hmm. and then it becomes something else and like that happens in the first episode like it, it, it like once you see that the monsters come out and like it and like attack the police you're like okay so this is like this is a different thing this isn't like yeah, yeah. This isn't just going to be a historical, and then it just keeps it just keeps happening. It just keeps going in and out, and it's almost like I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say it changes. Well, maybe it does kind of change like genres. But what I like about this show, and it has nothing to do with Community, but it's for it's a similar reason why I like Community, <laughs> is that you see these like I don't know if if tropes is the right. I'm not educated enough to like. It's not tropes, but you just see like there's moments where you're like okay so when they're going to look for the um what is it the book of words or no no no. oh yeah yeah the yeah the book of adam the book yeah the book of adam it becomes like national treasure right or like indiana jones yes i was totally thinking indiana jones 100 under a library the music the music too it's so different like like there's there's parts throughout the the series where like you feel like you're watching a certain genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one was very scary. That was a horror <laughs> genre, <laughs> and I didn't like that part. But it got like I said, it goes in and out where you like it, like suddenly I feel like I'm in like National Treasure, and then mm-hmm. it, like it moves to something else. So that it it definitely like kept my interest in those terms. Like yeah, it really it was confusing sometimes because of it. But as I continued through the series, it became like. A part of its charm that it like mm-hmm. it didn't really know it, it didn't know like what it is right like what what's the other it reminded me a lot of what's that show that you watch um it's the tv show with like the two brothers then there's those like ghost things going on it's fictional what what is that it's on like w oh uh supernatural it has like like i could be off base because i know you're a huge supernatural fan but i felt like some of it had like with the spells and and stuff like that oh, like absolutely it had a very like supernatural feel to me as well you know so. it did especially when they're like laying out like pouring out the salt to create like their spell like their casting circles and everything yeah the salt's a big part of like supernatural and you know salt and burn it and all that mm-hmm. um but i know exactly what you mean because yeah we've got your kind of haunted house episode slash um you know indiana jones adventure kind of episode with the under the library and the waters rising and underwater scenes stress me the fuck out yeah yeah um and then we've got like the straight up sci-fi one with Hippolyta. yeah i was I about to say, that that too like that that episode was like 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 she there's time traveling now and she's like becoming this abstract like sci-fi like i am i am i can be whoever i want to be and i'm like looking at all these different like realities and i'm like what am i watching (laughs) like it's crazy (laughs) i know and i definitely kind of felt disconnected like that episode at first feels like disconnected from the rest of the series 
but then in that final episode and Hippolyta is that blue haired badass uh, motherboard literally and she's able to like fix the machine and you know plug it into herself and power it and focus on the portal and everything and I was just like god I love her big sexy brain Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> lived I think I read online the equivalent of like 200 earth years uh living all these different adventures so mm. I while I thought like her and George were a beautiful couple so right away you know something terrible is going to happen with them George's yeah. death I was a little happy in that in her search for answers as to what happened to her husband, she was able to have this journey and go and name herself anything and everything and have those adventures. And I thought that was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I also did want to say too, that in the last episode, uh, Hippolyta is talking to D and she's got like a comic of uh, Arinthia blue D's comic that she always draws for her, her parents and everything. And so uh, Hippolyta says that she had traveled to the future and an artist Afua, Afua taught her. So Afua Richardson is an awarded African Native American artist that has worked on uh, Marvel DC image among a bunch of other stuff, but she created all the artwork for the series. So I thought that was awesome that they gave her a literal name drop and, and shout out. Cause then it's like, now you're real. Now you're not only incorporating like historical events, but then to go into the future and pick out shit from like, that's like for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I thought that was awesome. And uh, I looked up some of her uh, artwork and I mean, if you paid attention to the drawings and the comics in the series, you'll know that it's amazing work. And uh, but someone new to her work, I was just like, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, that's and that that is really unique. I and like to speak to that more about like the different references that are woven throughout the whole series. Like it's it's insane how many. I mean, okay, so full transparency. I watched a YouTube video that walked through all of these, so it's not like <laughs> I had this huge brain that I was like, "That's that, and that's that." So I, I'll and like I'll 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 even while we're while we're recording and stuff, I'll like I'll find the YouTube. Uh, clip that I found just to like give it a shout out if people wanted to go to it because I think I think I appreciated the show more once I did more research one mm -hmm. on the historical events that it was referencing there's a yeah. bunch that I missed um, and two the the different people that they they reference and so Hippolyta when she goes back into time she runs into, uh, and my apologies for not knowing the, the names and stuff, but um, she runs into like really like pop, like really famous historical figures Josephine that are Baker. Josephine Baker's one. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't notice it, but there's actually, uh, there's a, there's a shot where you see Frida Kahlo as well. Oh, that's um, right. which, which I like, I had no idea. Quick, and yeah. there's just like, and those are just a couple of them, but there's like, there's a million references within the, I mean, there's like Jackie Robinson's legit, like just straight up in the first, like, yep first what like 20 minutes of the show yeah right in that um, cold open yeah and so it's it's really I found a lot of benefit looking up stuff afterwards and then finding like oh my god they like really packed all of these references within the show and it, it, to me it makes it so interesting and like rewarding to have watched it and that that's a big part of what I want to watch it again is because now that I know there's these references and and um 
now I get a little more context. I feel like going through it again, well, one, help me understand the plot a little bit better, but two, like it'll, there's more things for me to like look out for. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to go back to all the disgusting, traumatizing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I know we're talking about Ruby. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And just chunks of Hillary or white ruby all over the fucking just all the time all it, okay okay fuck? so here's so okay so here's the thing that that scene or <laughs> well not even that scene like that like someone's like skin like exploding like that like you usually see that once in a show and you're like mm -hmm. oh gross and like that's a, that's a shock it happens over and over it happens like it's nothing it happens like like someone's they, drinking water like they skin it to us once and they're like you're desensitized you're fine we're going to show up three or four more times it, it's it's almost like the creators paid for like for that animation and they're like that was really expensive like if we're gonna like we got to put it in like five or six times at least <laughs> to make it worth the money that we put into this like it was like the uh, it, it was it happened it happened during sex it happened just like with people like just walking around like just skin just melting off of people like i'm scarred for life from that shit <laughs> i fucking loved it it was i mean it was pretty traumatizing oh and again i'm just like on the couch just all scrunched up in a tight ball just screaming in the in, into a blanket and doing that like nervous giggle of like oh my god what is this it's so scary yeah i know <laughs> um, and it, it is it, it has two i mean I, I understand that it has two meanings like it's not just for the gross factor like there mm -hmm. is that original thought that you have of like oh it, it's like the transformation from like one skin color to another like overall the, tra the the transformation that people are going through when we talk about story arc but also race but that just that just goes that just falls off once you just see it just happen all the time just like a like a white person melting in a black person a black person melting into a white person <laughs> like what am i watching <laughs> Now, did you notice that the transformation, because we mostly saw when uh, we're transforming from Hillary back to Ruby in that disgusting fashion, but the one time that we see Ruby starting to transform into Hillary, it's less bloody, it's less violent, it's more of like that slow creeping of her skin turning white and those features, her eye color changing and everything. What did you think about did you notice that? And what no. do you think about how the two transformations were so different? This violent I, transformation from yeah. white to black, and then this almost smooth and almost like, I don't want to say comforting, but it just was so, so slow. And it's kind of that like visual calming. I don't know what the fuck, but just so different. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly didn't notice it, but it, it makes sense that they did that um i mean it's again like some things you think are, are subtle and then there's some things that just aren't subtle and then the show was not subtle about like okay there's this black woman literally putting on the skin of a white woman and you just see how differently her experience is right and you you see her um in the store that she's working in you see you see her like trying to talk to the other um the other black worker that was in that store of like like being like really hard on her and being like, oh, you have to be better because like, like the standard of white people is never going to change. And so in order to rise above, like you have to ask more of yourself, but that it was weird because it was a white character saying that to a black character. But mm -hmm. then when you realize that it's Ruby saying it, like, um, 
I thought I thought that was like a really powerful dynamic of like literally changing skin colors, like mm-hmm. wearing the skin of someone else and seeing them be treated completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was that whole Ruby's whole storyline and her experience with the magic and and the whiteness was very, very interesting where she thinks that she's and and plus she thinks that she's whatever dating William. And then we come to find out we have a classic Finkel is Einhorn moment when we find (laughs) out that William is Christina. Christina is William. Um, And then we find out, you know, spell yada, yada. But it made me wonder, did Christina ever actually care about Ruby? Because Ruby straight up calls her out and is like, I'm, I've always just been your, your backup plan. And I don't think Christina actually denies it, but she doesn't confirm it either. More of a subtle hint of like, no, I kind of care about you. I kind of like you. Or I kind of want to help you. What did you think about the Christina slash William and Ruby relationship? Yeah, I I don't know if I have a really good read on it. And that that relationship was especially confusing for me. I think I think it could be a mixed bag. Like I I I'm gonna cop out with the answer of like, I think it's a little bit of both. Like I think I think it's a little bit of like like she was definitely using Ruby. I don't think there's any denying that, but I do think that there are moments that they have where you start to feel a little bit more like authenticity in the emotions that they're talking about. Um, and there's, I don't have like specific examples. If you think of any, just, just shout them out. But like, I, I do feel like there is that dynamic of like, it kind of goes like back and forth a little bit for me. What do you think? I, I mean, I, I don't really have a clear take on it either. There's times where I thought, yes, she's Christina's just using Ruby, but then there's times where I thought that she might actually legitimately give a shit. Uh, there's the scene where it's the episode of uh, Emmett Till's funeral and Ruby has this really amazing speech uh, that she says to Christina, like, do you even care? And, you know, this is what they did to a little boy. Do you even fucking care? And Christina's like, I, I don't, I don't basically Christina, it sounded super harsh, but then when you listen to the rest of her piece, she basically is saying she doesn't give a shit about anything, but her spell and getting her spell to work. But then at the end of the episode, she hires two guys to basically do to her what was done to Emmett Till. And then she comes, you know, and they throw her into the water and she pulls herself out. She's like testing her invulnerability. So if you were, so if all she was trying to do was test her invulnerability spell, she could have gone about that any other way. She did not have to try and recreate what was, you know, the murder of Emmett Till but she chose to do that. So I kind of took that as like, maybe she does kind of give a shit or maybe Ruby's helping her to learn a bit more. I I don't know, but it was very, it was odd and interesting. Just Christina's take on all of that. And then going through that, that trauma. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly damn white uh, women crazy and, and one thing i want to mention about the whole like the whole like skin changing thing is like it is cool and there's nothing wrong with it but towards the end i started to get a little fatigued of like oh it's a little like scooby-doo of like but i'm really this person like <laughs> it, it 
because it's it becomes kind of a crutch after a while right like if you're if you're like a 12 year old writing like science fiction or like some sort of mystery and they're like constantly having people like oh you can like change you can change shapes and then you can be whoever like there's a certain part as I don't know maybe I'm just jaded but there's a certain part where that that novelty starts to fall off and then you're like okay we get it like yes there's a potion that can turn that make you look like anyone else like it's not that big of a twist if you say hey i'm this person now at this important part of the plot like i don't know that was that that was it's the, the show started to lose me a little bit towards the end with the whole like like i don't know the, the, the whole skin changing thing it's just yeah. I, I, and i don't know maybe maybe it's just like we talked about genre earlier like maybe it's just like a preference of genre or something but um it started to become a little the the it started to become a little gimmicky that's what i'm trying to spit out is that it started to become a little gimmicky towards the end because it just was it was a constant theme but i get why it's a constant theme were you thinking are you thinking specifically of like the last episode where ruby comes back and she's like oh i'm, I'm gonna help you now letty and then they go and blah 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 and then Big twist. It was actually Christina. Yeah. In uh, as Ruby. Ruby. I did not gasp when that. I I was not like, oh my god, like 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 a lot of things. Like I was just like, oh. Okay. I wasn't. I, I wasn't like surprised. Surprised. I was. I guess a little disappointed because mm. the moment Ruby showed up on the street and gets in the car with them, it's like there's something a little sus about this, but. You know, and then knowing shows and how they like to throw those kind of twists in. I was like, or maybe they're going twistless. And this is actually a legit, like, turn for Ruby to try and be a better sister mm -hmm. um, and, and reconnect with family and everything. And then I had completely missed it the first time I watched it. But Ruby in the car ride to Artem, she's singing Shaboom with the rest of the, with the car, with the rest mm -hmm. of the family. In the very first episode, when she's singing at the block party, someone shouts out, sing Shaboom. And she's like, Shaboard, Shaboard, Shaboard. She didn't fucking sing oh, it. She's like, I that's hate that right. song. Yeah. So my dumb ass, the first time watching it, completely missed it. And I also like how they stuck her in the back seat. So she's not in the front where it's more predominant. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I totally missed that. So that was a, a clear nod that that was not Ruby. Yeah. So the first time watching it, when it was revealed that it was Christina, I was just kind of like, oh man, <laughs> I wanted better for Ruby too. And yeah. I, so I, was, I was sad that she died. Right, right. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, like there, there, there is definitely a lot of craftsmanship within the show. And that's a great example of it. Like I said, it's kind of like, you can look at it through two different like lenses. Like there's the artsy lens of like, I totally understand the theme of, changing skin color and and what that means um like what that uh represents represents and, and all of that but then there's like the dumb part of my brain the lazy part of my brain that's like just do something else like i don't i don't like the whole again it just it 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 brought back memories of just scooby-doo of like just taking out the mask and you're like ha, -ha! Like, i would have gotten away with it too like, yeah yeah exactly like yeah, and that's that's my that's my own thing I have to reckon with. Like I, I think that like what you mentioned, yeah, there's a there's a lot of great craftsmanship within within the show. It's really well done. It is very well done. And I wanna talk real quick about Dee, uh Hippolyta and George's daughter. So she 
she gets cursed by the racist cop. And then she's haunted by two of the scariest fucking characters I have ever seen <laughs> in my years of watching spooky shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like Topsy and Bopsy. Uh, those girls are great dancers and great, you know, control of their body movements and everything to make yeah. those very, plus with the makeup, the makeuping and everything cost like, holy shit, it was scary. No one, yeah. I'd fucking run too. <laughs> I would not have had the fucking guts to stand up to <laughs> two no. demon curse bitches <laughs> like D did, but I loved that. I felt sorry for her in the episode, not just because she was cursed, but we kind of see like all the adults are like, you know, cause it's a, it starts off with Emmett Till's funeral and they're like, oh, should she even be here? Kind of disgusting, discussing what, what's okay for D to experience and not. And meanwhile, you know, she ends up kind of running off and experiencing her own, her first experience with magic for this family. Everyone else by now has had some experience with it. Hers ends up, so she has like no fucking clue as to what the fuck is going on. That magic is even a thing in her family, that what the adults are fucking dealing with. So she's in the dark. And I felt like that really <laughs> hurt her uh, in this episode. Cause then while the adults are trying to figure out, well, what can we do for Dean? but they're also very dismissive. Like she runs to Letty's house and Letty's like, just go inside, call Montrose, it'll be fine. And it's like, I don't know, like after the last like seven episodes of shit y'all been dealing with, you can't take five minutes to listen to a grieving <laughs> little girl. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. So, but I was, I, I love that she took it upon herself to, D took it upon herself to go back to the cop and be like, what did you do to me? And confront him and she wasn't afraid to do so and then after that when she knew what she was dealing with she was like fuck it i'm gonna fight him and i would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that pesky <laughs> montrose <Yeah. laughs> um, so i loved i loved d and i love that she gets this crazy terminator arm at the end of the season yeah and then she's the one that actually kills Christina. Like they leave her to leave her for to die to yeah. the, but uh, Dee's just like and squish. Yeah. What do you think of that? That Dee was the one that actually got rid of kills Christina. Oh, that was great. I mean, yeah. I think it, whenever <laughs> I feel like whenever you see this is this isn't you. I bet I'll say this and you'll, you'll come up with like examples that where it's not true. But I feel like when you have these like younger characters that are like, you can tell that they're badass, but they're, they go through like really traumatic shit. Usually at the end of the series or whatever, like they get redemption, right? Like they, they get their moment. Um, you see it. I, I think of Aria, right? Like you, mm -hmm. you like, you like, you see her go through all these different struggles and you're like, God damn, like, like, you know, there's something in there with the character. Like, like everyone knew that she was going to break out at some point and do something badass. And of course she did. And I feel like it's very similar with D of like, you see her getting chased by these two fucking zombie what the fuck you see like what the hell man like only like these like two little monsters like she can only see um and then 
I'm going to lose my train of thought, but I, I want to speak to that real quick because I, I actually had no idea in the YouTube video that I watched it mentioned that the, they actually used historical art to de- for for those two. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. Like you look at them and you're like, yeah, they're scary. Like I thought they were kind of like going, like they almost look like kind of clown-like. Mm-hmm. But then when you see the picture, the the like the racist propaganda that it was mm-hmm. based off of, you're like, oh my God, that is so fascinating. They use that. And they did such a great job of like transferring that into the show and making it work. Like it's okay that it's scary, right? It's, it's yeah. not, the, the point isn't that, that, that black character is scary. It's that the depiction, the propaganda that they used back then, that's what it looked like. They just put scary eyes and a scary yep. mouth on it or whatever. Yep. But like- So it was scary for everyone. Yeah, right? yeah. But when you understand the history of it, you're yeah. like, oh, wow, that was really cool that they like pulled that. And there's there's so many examples of that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going off on so many tangents, but before I forget, I'm gonna plug, it is it is labeled 81 insane details we noticed in Love, Lovecraft Country. Um, Jesus, that and it's wow! By, <laughs> but it's by uh, Heavy Spoilers, which is on YouTube, um, and he he like it's thorough. Like there's 81 of them, and they're all really interesting. And I learned nice. like a ton from just watching that video. It's it's um, it's not super long either. So uh, wanted to plug in case you're listening, Heavy Spoilers. I wanted to make sure I'm plugging your work because I'm using it. <laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of my sh- my shit from IMDb, um, Wikipedia, various like Vulture and Screen Rant articles, uh, The Root, uh, their different uh, episode by episode breakdowns, and then getting a bit more information on some of these more historical events so that I could go and, and do the Google and, and fall down that fucking rabbit hole. But yeah, yeah, there was a lot of, at least, yeah, for me, a lot of Googling of a lot of these different events. And I might have to watch that YouTube video. Cause there's a, I mean, I know I only scratched just a tiny bit of the surface of what yeah. I picked up and even afterwards, 81, 81, 81. little, tidbits yeah it's, it's really good he goes out he impressive. goes episode by episode yeah it, it's Love it's that. really good and and what's like maybe i'll just play that for this episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah just mute just mute our mics and just have that play um and, and you probably already you probably already do this stuff especially like with the podcast and everything but one thing that i struggle with is if i'm watching a show and i don't understand anything I just don't watch it anymore and then just watch a different show. Right. Like I, like there are moments where I watch a show and I'm like, eh, it's kind of losing. It's, it's like not piquing my interest. And then I just like do something else. And with this one, I, I had that, but I was like, no, I have to, I have a podcast I'm recording. I have to know a little bit. And so like doing the background research of like reading the synopsis of each episode, um, like afterwards and stuff, I started to learn like one, I started to learn how many new like how much nuance there are in these shows and maybe not not all shows are created equal but again all the historical figures and and the references that they have in the show that i would have missed if i didn't do any research afterwards and two just like literally reading the synopsis filled in so many blanks for me and made me want to watch the show again because i was like oh well i what whether 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 it was their fault for story to, for incomplete storytelling or my fault for looking at uh, TikTok while I'm <laughs> trying to watch a TV show or something. Um, it doing the research like helps you fill in those pieces and then like piques your interest. And so mm-hmm. I'm starting to think like I need to start doing that more with other shows. Like don't just don't just like 
it's okay to just sit down and watch, but I think you, you miss out on a lot of details if you don't do a little bit of work to like learn more about like how the production was put together. Mm -hmm. And especially someone coming from opera, that's, that's something that I um, have always noticed in, in that art is that people look at opera and they're just like, oh, it's people with costumes just singing weird, <laughs> weird and loud with an orchestra. <laughs> but being a part of the process, uh, I sound so pretentious now, but being a part, <laughs> but being a part of the process, um, you you get you learn so much about the show that no matter what, it becomes very special to you because you know like you know about all the references, you know you know about like why did they choose this color palette of costume? Why why does this character say this in that specific moment? Is that a reference to something? Like mm -hmm. those are things that I I understood being a part of a production that I never put two and two together of like, oh, if I'm watching something that clearly is artistic and has a lot of craft in it, um, I should do I should do my own part of like doing a little bit of that background because I, I think, I mean, I'm assuming that's a big part of why you like the shows that you watch because you, you end up like getting really involved, reading about it, and then you learn so much through it, right? I always, I'm always like, even yeah, even pre-podcast, I would sit there and there seemed to be like a reference to something that I, that I didn't understand. So straight to IMDb, straight to, you know, Wikipedia, trying to find all of that. Cause I like knowing all those little things. So anything like, you know, Marvel DC, I will sit there and read all the IMDb, the Wikipedia, the fan wiki pages. Cause not knowing the comic books, I'm curious. I'm still curious. I still want to know like what's, what's from the source material what was changed from the source material I, I like knowing all those little dorky things so yeah that's but I can understand from your perspective though too like yeah you know being an opera you would think oh I should already have a natural born interest in all of this but having you know opera and that already being a part of your life when you sit down to be entertained you're not thinking of those things. You're just thinking like, oh, I'm just going to sit and watch some programs with my honey and we're going to snuggle and maybe make out a little bit and then not do any Googling. <laughs> okay. I was afraid you were going to keep going down that track. And I was like, are you really wanting, wanting to describe My, my brain wanted chill? to, but my mouth was like, don't. Yeah, you could have you you gone down a really interesting avenue there. I yeah, no thanks. Hard pass. But no, you're you're yeah. hundred percent correct. And I think I think there are uh sorry to interrupt, but I, I think there are certain shows and things that you're like you're okay with just sitting down and being like and that, yeah mind numb and it, you know you don't have to do anything. And I think I think there are certain shows that you owe it to the show and you owe it to yourself to do mm -hmm. a little bit more work on the other Absol side. Absolutely. And I feel like, especially with the timing of this series and of when it came out and where we are in our living history, current history, I maybe felt just a, a bit more of an obligation to make sure that I understood these references. So upon my second rewatch, when um, Ruby mentions, you know, oh, it's going to be Trumbull Park all over again. I was like, well, what's Trumbull Park? I had completely missed even, you know, she says, you know, she always says it, didn't even think about it the first time I watched it. But this time, knowing that there's all these little name drops, I tried to be more aware of it so I could jot them down and look them up. And so, yep, I looked that one up and it's, yeah, housing, riots, Chicago, mm -hmm. 50s, I believe. But yeah, it was, so this one, I think it's definitely worth the Google. It's worth mm -hmm. going down that rabbit hole of 
fun facts. Yeah. Well, and, and so we started this conversation talking a little bit more overall about like how we watch shows and like artistry and stuff, but then you're starting to get a little more granular and I'm starting to make connection to like, like we, we talk about racial inequality. You hear all these buzzwords and you see all these news articles and stuff, but how much work are we actually doing on the back end to learn about systemic racism and like the actual things that happened. So it's like, you know, if, if there's an article that someone posts on Facebook, that's like, learn, learn about this, like horrendous, like thing that historical thing that black people went through. Am I, am I going to click on that? I probably should, but maybe not. Uh, if I'm just surfing on Facebook and I'm, I'm just dicking around on the internet, like the, like I'll, I pass over all sorts of articles that seem like they would be super relevant to me, but it is interesting thinking about, okay, involving yourself in the show, having this connection to the characters and the storyline and then and now the references are putting out there it 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 i'm not going to say it obligates you because that has a negative connotation of like it's making you do something but i think we put ourselves in a situation where our emotions are involved with it therefore we're like we kind of owe it to the the story into the characters to like look up and like understand more about the stuff and so the fact that we're we're finding out about all these crazy events of like, you know, I wonder how many people it's their first time learning about Emmett Till. You know what I mean? Like I've seen a few articles, right? Like I know the name, but um, I think the show captivates people because of the, 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 like how good the show is, but also um, has that secondary factor of like being able to educate and like push people to do their damn research and learn about the actual history, like mm-hmm. actual black history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, let's see. <laughs> I have a note that said, did Koreans invent speed dating? <laughs> <laughs> I have, I, I didn't take a lot of notes, but the notes that I have are really amusing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back real quick to the Tulsa episode and some Montrose and Tick, their whole kind of development within that episode you know, we see Tick going from having this anger and resentment towards his father to this understanding and now realizing that this story that Montrose always told about this stranger coming and saving him and George and, and uh, Tick's mom. Now, Tick sees the whole picture and he sees what the fuck happened and he sees some more trauma that poor little Montrose had to fucking go through. And they're standing there waiting for the stranger to show up. And Tick's like, something's wrong. We fucked something up. He's not here. And then trips over the baseball bat and it was Tick all along. (laughs) I loved that. I got you, kid. Uh, That was really good. I love time travel. It's so confusing, though. It it is very confusing. It's always meant to happen. If you think about the time traveling aspect of this story within the series, this is a childhood memory of Montrose. He always remembers this stranger with the baseball bat just beating the shit out of these racists. And now it's come full circle in that it's it was Tick, and it's always been Tick. So this is a path that they've always had to take. Destiny, fate, if you will. What do you think of that? Like, this is... They, they had to go through this shit. It was yeah. always destined to be. I, I thought it was cool. I thought they did a good job of setting it up. Again, this was something that I 
like I didn't catch the first time through, but the whole like Jackie Robinson reference um, and talking about that moment of someone, someone coming in, like I didn't put two and two together until like literally like maybe just after it happened where I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I get it. So it, it I, I was, it, it, it took me, it took me a second to like understand what was going on, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. And again, like uh, to speak to like the whole, like you want, you want Atticus to be a dynamic person, a dynamic human and character, but you also want him to like still be the hero. And so it was really like fulfilling as a viewer to like see him fulfill that, like fulfill his destiny of like, like coming into that moment, like saving the day for people. Mm -hmm. And to, and to say those words to his young gay dad, I got you kid. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's something that has stuck with Montrose his entire rest of his life. Mm -hmm. So I just, I love that. That was one of my favorite moments of the, of the season. Um, one person we haven't talked a lot about is Letitia fucking Lewis. <laughs> love her. I love it. So she, good. she yelled that at George. She's like, she's like, don't call me girl. My name's Letitia fucking Lewis. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she's incredible. I mean, when I, when I talk about casting, like I'm thinking a lot about Letitia and how well, how well she was casted by uh journey smollett smollett mm -hmm. um, and I, I watched a random video too about misha green who's the is she the showrunner i can't remember she I, I, but regardless she, she was I, I think she's the showrunner of the show and that they had worked on a prior um on a show again, I didn't do my research, but they worked on a show before. Producer of Lovecraft Country, but yes, she's got she's got mad credits. Yeah, and so that so they had worked um, they had worked together on a past project, and apparently Misha Green hated what what's her name again? Journey. Letitia Letitia's character, the the actress. Uh, Journey. Journey. Yeah. Yeah. So they had so Misha and Journey had worked together. Matt, I'm really pushing this. They had to work together. <laughs> uh on a past project apparently misha knew that journey would be perfect for this character but she was like reluctant to sign her because they're because they, they actually had some friction in the past on the past show that they're on but then apparently they like worked through everything and so they ended up like hiring her which like i think is so amusing to have and i think they're i think they're friends now like i think they came for full circle mm -hmm. but um i think they had some differences before and it was so interesting to see like like she was so perfect for that character that someone that didn't really like her was like uh fine like <laughs> you can be a main character in my hbo series <laughs> like, <laughs> like that really cracked me up uh, to hear that's hilarious no i love yeah. that i did not know that yeah um in watching lovecraft i was like you know watching journey on screen and everything. I was like, oh, she looks familiar. And it took me a while to place her. And so I went through, you know, her IMDb and I'm like, okay, a couple of things here and there. Uh, yeah, she was in True Blood. And so I was like, okay, mm -hmm. so that's probably where I recognize her from. No, where I actually recognized her from was she was one of, she was on oh, Full yeah. House. Yeah. She was one of Michelle Tanner's little friends. And I she was adorable that. and she's yeah. still adorable. But I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's what happened to that little girl. <laughs> and that's, that's funny. I actually didn't, 
like I watched Full House, but I, I don't remember that part. Um, so I don't know her from that. I don't know her from True Blood. I don't know her from anything else. I know her from Friday Night Lights. Oh. Like she she is like stuck in my mind from Friday Night Lights because I watched that so many times. Um, so that that's that's how I know her. And I think she oh, had like funny. I think she has like a guest appearance in Grey's Anatomy. Yep, she's but on like but like episodes. not like a main yeah not like a main thing. So I always knew I liked her, but again I I hadn't. It was just one of those things where I I missed a lot of the things that she had been in recently. Mm-hmm. And so seeing her, I was like, oh, that's the girl from Friday Night Lights. But like no one like <laughs> like uh, most people don't don't think of her from that. But the sure. Full House thing is interesting. I had I actually didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I remember she was kind of all over the place in like the 90s as a, as a child actor because she was also on the Cosby um, probably as a, well, whatever, Raven Simone's characters, uh, one of her friends. But either yeah. way. How old do you think she is? Um, How old she is Letitia fucking Lewis? Still. Okay, interesting. Uh, she's born in 86. Well, no. So she's your age. Well, yeah, I, was, I wanted you to guess. Uh, she's third. Are you about to find how out how bad you? at math? You are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how bad at math you are? So she's she's thirty four. I I guess that makes sense. She's, I guess she was uh, she was young. Like you were referencing like the stuff that she was in. Like I guess I guess she was really young at that point. But yeah. that makes her seem like she should be older, which makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> In some ways. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. She's, she's phenomenal. She's so yeah. good in it. What were your thoughts on the final episode? Season one finale. It is the lowest rated episode of the season. I don't think, for me, I don't think the satisfaction of watching the show comes from making it to the, to the finale. I don't think it was bad. I um i'm typically the type that gives shows the benefit of the doubt because i i feel like sometimes for i feel we've talked about this for a show to completely nail a series finale is hard Mm -hmm. like i can't point to a lot of shows that tie up all these storylines and all these intricate things that make a show interesting into a final episode that you're like yeah, that was amazing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but there, there's a short list of shows. I'm like, they fucking nailed that. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I it's hard. Agree. Yeah. I think it's hard. And so like, for me, it wasn't like, I wouldn't tell someone to watch a show so they could get to the final episode. I think all the, I think most of the stuff that's intriguing and impactful happens throughout the series. So long story short, like it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite, but I also am not like, I'm not going to write a review about it and be like, that was bullshit. Like it was, it was fine in my book. Again, I talked, I talked about the whole, like revealing their fate, like yeah, revealing yeah. that there's someone else. Like it was just, it was a little corny in certain moments, but there were like some great moment, like, you know, the crushing, mm-hmm. crushing Christina's throat. Like that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. And now they've got their new little pet venom monster. <laughs> yeah and like like the amount of blood maybe maybe that's how much blood would come out of a normal person but when they showed that i was like what like jesus christ like it was it was a lot of blood Mm -hmm. and and tick knowing that this was the only way and you know obviously you know we find out at the end that 
this was always his plan was, you know, to, to sacrifice himself. He just, and it seemed like everyone else, but Montrose knew because mm-hmm. he left Montrose that letter and everything. Um, basically like, I know you wouldn't be okay with this, but it was the only way to keep the family safe. Right. So I thought like, I was bummed that tick died because while a second season as of today has not yet been confirmed, I think there's mm-hmm. been hints to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what season two would be. Would be a continuation of of this story, right. or is it going to be? Will Lovecraft be more of like an anthology series, like American Horror Story, where season to season it's a little different? Right. I wouldn't necessarily be. Uh, I would object to that. I think mm. that would be stronger storytelling than trying to. Even though I'm a little curious as to what happened to our original Lovecraft characters like how's Montrose doing how's yeah. Hippolyta how's <laughs> yeah. D? you know how's Journey and the baby mm-hmm. um we don't necessarily need those stories we can make those up and just assume that they've they're working through their trauma and they're gonna be fine mm-hmm. but some other kind of story that takes place in that horror sci-fi world but yeah um I swear I had a point when I started talking I believe you. <laughs> I have no reason not I mean, to. <laughs> but yeah, so the the finale itself was just kind of like there there was aspects of it that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they did this, you know, reverse the spell or whatever, and now they've taken the ability of magic away from all white people, and it only mm-hmm. belongs to black people. And I thought that was kind of cool and like poetic in a sense that now there's even in this fi- fictional world, there's something that belongs solely to black people. They finally, you know, in this timeline of like in the sixties or whatever, they have something that's only theirs. Even if these four or five people know about it. I thought, I thought that was kind of cool, but at the same time, a little cheap, like there's just a lot of like, I liked it, but it was seemed kind of cheesy or a cop mm-hmm. out or an easy out or like, yeah. you say, like, cliche like haha it's christine yeah. all along yeah so i can see why it is maybe the lowest rated episode there was definitely mm-hmm. some stronger episodes but again that was all part of building the story yeah um i don't know if i were to rewrite the finale i don't know what i would do different just because yeah. i think it's such a complex story that they're telling yeah. that involves magic history ancestors science fiction time travel i don't know that there's a and i don't know how the book ends maybe this is a bit more true to the book yeah i'm not i'm not sure either but i did look up i did see that you know when tick came back from the future and he's got a copy of the lovecraft country book written by his son and he lists off the small differences those are the differences that were actually made from from the book to the show hmm so I thought that was kind of cool that they yeah. kind of tossed that in. And I would not have known that unless I actually read or listened to the book. So mm-hmm. thanks, IMDb, for doing your work. <laughs> so, yeah. Anything else? Uh, well, let me, re- let me read through my notes real quick and we'll see okay. if it sparks anything for us. Okay. So sex on the stairs we kind of talked we talked through that a little no, bit stair sex is very like in a sh- in entertainment is very distracting because all i could think is like that's so uncomfortable that doesn't make sense <laughs> what like 
like why on the stairs that doesn't make sense that's why i I wrote it down yeah no one no one can enjoy that yeah i don't believe anyone can enjoy that all right that's my first note second note mixture of national treasure and indiana jones we talked through that a little bit tits with peen um that was when they (laughs) that was when they i think they got they went into the uh to like the dungeon and they got the uh the book from that that like that lady that like reanimated yeah and i was like oh she's topless and then they like showed a full body he's like oh she has a penis too oh and yeah like, the siren weird. the siren yeah, yeah she is yeah. both and i looked that up so uh, real quick and i don't i didn't unfortunately write anything down but kind of that spirit also exists in other folklore mm-hmm. tales of a I think the one article I read used the term hermaphrodite. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's still medically accepted because she did have both parts. Yeah. But, um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Again, another little tidbit of something that they kind of, something from real world storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, weird sex scene. Talk, I don't even know which scene I'm talking about anymore at this point. <laughs> that could have been that could have been something that I wrote at the very beginning and then just like so I'll, I'll just I'll redact that one because all most of the sex scenes well, are pretty weird. There was when they're in the mansion and they're all uh, Letty, Tick, and George are trapped in the mansion and they've all got their own like visions or whatever demons that they're fighting. So he's fighting Jiha and uh, Letty is making out with Tick. And then he goes to undo his pants and it's a, a snake that like an actual like demon snake that comes out that tries. Oh to yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So many weird sex scenes in the show. Uh, I said, Cl- I was going to mention this earlier. Clown girls, not cool in all capitals. <laughs> I was not happy with that. I was, how creepy they were. <laughs> They get um, really fucking creepy. And then the music. Oh, and I just want, yeah. So the music in the series, the way they incorporated uh, today's like pop music, popular music, uh, music of the time period, and then just the kind of that general score that gives the, the tone and feeling to individual scenes mm-hmm. w- was fucking amazing. I tend to be a little picky in uh, period pieces that incorporate today's music and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some, sometimes it's done well and sometimes it's not. I thought it was done very well within this series. It, while out of time and place, seemed to fit the scene and what was going on. Um, and then the just kind of like the more instrumental to build tension in scenes, there was definitely scores that seemed more horror driven, mm-hmm. ones that seemed more uh, sci-fi driven so I kind of loved that and I, I'm very impressed with the soundtrack and, and general score of the series and I thought the mm-hmm. composer and the collaborators did a very very good fucking job it was very dynamic like it spanned multiple genres and uh, like you said it, it brings it brings a different color to every scene that and I think they did it was like really effective to your point but the song that they used for those demon clown girls, the Bob Topsy and Bobsy, was that mm-hmm. knock, 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 let yeah. me in. And it was, that was really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know was... that song and I have no interest in looking it up because yeah. it's uncomfortable. Well, and when we had talked about um, doing the show, it was because I had watched, I think I told you this, I had watched one episode with my girlfriend and I was like, 
great. Well, I'll watch the rest of the show with my girlfriend, easy peasy. Well, she's been really busy with work. So I ended up having to watch it on my own. I don't watch scary things on my own at all. <laughs> so I was like, I felt, I felt very forced to watch like <laughs> stuff that I didn't want to watch. Like I forgot how I, I'm actually perfectly fine with watching horror things with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, like, it's actually, I, I learned this past Halloween that it's perfectly fine if I'm like, watching with someone but I start to realize I get very anxious when I when I'm on my own um and quick flashback for you I remember it was the second time I it wasn't even the first time I watched the ring I just remember watching the ring with dad one time and just remembering how anxious I was and how sweaty my hands were <laughs> and feeling like so ashamed of myself of like how scared I was like I was like what the hell it was I like yeah, way back then, like, like the, the that type of stuff really got got to me. <laughs> okay, here's one. Here's one that you you might have to. So Atticus in the last episode, he eats he eats uh, a little thing of meat. Like what is the um what what is that? Is that a person? I can't remember. Yeah, they cut that because they uh. With the help of the ancestors, they summoned like Titus Braithwaite. Yeah. And got him like in that circle and everything. Right. Made him real. And then, yes, I think they cut off his nipple. They cut off a chunk of skin. I think it was him. But yes, it was people. He was eating. So, what what I cracked up about was that scene there, like in the forest, and he like eats, (laughs) I'm just going to call it a nipple, whatever. (laughs) It's just a slice of, of human meat. So he eats it and Montrose is like, like, like he's like, under, he like gives a look. He's like, yeah, you have to do that. And so he's eating it. And then he's like, uh, like Atticus like acts like, oh, that's gross. And then, so he takes the vial, a vial of blood and washes it down with the blood. Like that's going to make it better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, gross. So now he <laughs> had blood on top of that. And then, and then uh, Montrose is like, here, take this alcohol. And then he drinks the alcohol. So now you have <laughs> human nipple, blood, and alcohol. All, like, like Worst they kept adding shot ever. They kept adding things that were gr- like, in my opinion, would make it grosser. Like, I don't know why, but for some reason, I was like, out of everything, like the alcohol seems like even it seems. I don't like think to have that was like, just really gross. So I I cracked up at that scene of like they just kept. Well, adding. they had all that salt. He couldn't have just done a quick salt <laughs> yeah, before yeah, doing any yeah. of these. There's fire all over the place during the whole show. Like you can't you can't tell me you you can't just roast that up a little bit. Like come <laughs> nice on, nice roasted man. nipple and a, and a whiskey. <laughs> and so that whiskey. that was really funny. Just imagining human meat, blood, and alcohol in all in your mouth. <laughs> so gross and then the last thing like i said yeah yeah the last thing i'll say is like such a dumb like it's such a dumb thing but it always goes to my mind of like it's so funny that throughout this whole series there's barely any fighting and then at the end all of a sudden everybody knows karate everybody <laughs> knows how to how to block and like <laughs> counter attacks and like and like do all these moves i'm like well, the, the, so there's that there's that scene where um, where Letty and uh, Christina, who's who's posing as Ruby, fight, mm-hmm. and it's literally like a like they're like oh yeah, Bobby, oh. and I'm like, yeah. where the fuck did this come from? Like again, it's a dumb <laughs> thing because the, the whole thing's fictional. It has a lot of like 
um like superhero supernatural uh, or like aspects. comic yeah, yeah like supernatural aspects like it mentions comics a lot and stuff so it may like it's fine it just always cracks me up when it's just like yeah just everybody happens to know karate like mm-hmm. out of out of the blue like yeah they know how to fight or you know there's for me it's always the um unlimited ammo in, yep. in gunfights and everything so yeah 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 i get you there um i thought at first i thought you were talking about like when all the townspeople in that last episode circled like hippolyta and montrose you know and you know hippolyta's kicking their ass i was like but she had like two years you know she trained to be an amazon <laughs> i thought she could have <laughs> right. she been able to take them all out no, that but that's fine yeah. too i guess uh, <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I guess my only other kind of stray notes are uh like what happened with Tick in the future cuz we didn't see that adventure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. cuz when the portal sucks in Hippolyta for during the second time it almost felt like the portal picked Hippolyta. Like you know, she mm-hmm. didn't jump. I didn't feel like she was close enough to get sucked in like how we would normally see in like some sort of sci-fi, but I mean, she was still close enough, but then Tick goes through the portal and goes to the future and comes back with the book. Did he jump and attempt to save Hippolyta, but end up somewhere else? Or did the portal pick him because of all of their, I don't know. It was kind of interesting, but if they were to do a season two and stick with this cast and this storyline, I think I would like to see maybe a little bit of what happens, maybe what happened to Tick in, during that time in the portal. Cause we mm-hmm. don't know, like time, you know, moves differently probably in all that yeah. kind of alternate dimensions and shit. So I think that might be kind of interesting, but again, I, I, think, I think an anthology series for this might be a smarter move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I think also like if they did explain what what Tick went through when he went into the future from a viewer standpoint that likes likes Attic- the character Atticus, but would also be bummed if like he's actually like for real dead for, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a good method of like bringing the actor back, bringing the character back, being able to if they did like a one off episode of him. And like what what he like went through in the future and stuff like that, it it could be a good opportunity for the for the viewer to feel better about the character dying sure. than just because the shows do that all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. like a, a character will completely fall off and then he'll do like a throwback episode and they and they come back and it's like it's kind of like the like woo like yeah. the like the character coming in that are, you're like you're like the, it's it's, it's exciting to like yeah it's exciting to see that character again. I feel like. Yeah, I would say that would be all right because I don't feel like it's not like his story, like Tick's story feels incomplete or that we necessarily need more of it. So yeah, so maybe season two could be, you know, this, the the families, these families, but now in the future and it's more centered around them and maybe some of the racism and discrimination and, and magic and horror that might still be following them. And then, yeah, and then Tick pops in for that one episode and gets the book because, yeah, we don't need a whole nother season surrounded by Tick, surrounded around Tick. We've got his story. I Mm -hmm. thought his ending, while it was a bummer to see him die, it felt complete. The story has been told. Tick's story has been told because 
That's really what yeah. this was, was Tick's story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe something in the future with the family, you know, the descendants of Tick and Letty and, you know, maybe get tidbits of how, like, you know, D grow. I guess she'd be an old lady. But D's family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, just something completely different still yeah. set, set in a fucked up country, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm de- this is definitely like, so to kind of tie all that's everything up, I think overall, I enjoy the show. I enjoy it more hearing about your perspective and and reading a little bit. Like, I, I think that draws me more into it. Mm-hmm. So do I think that I would watch it again? Probably eventually. I have other shows that are like more on my docket. Like I'm actually really excited to get more into like the Marvel shows because I haven't started any of those. Um, so I'll probably take a break from like the this like because uh, I, I I think I told you too the show that I watched before this was um, the leftovers for yeah, the yeah. second time through, and they have I wouldn't say they're like similar similar but there are definitely some similarities of like supernatural things going on like sci-fi like twists and turns and stuff, mm-hmm. um, so I think. I, I think it, I would take a little bit of a break from that genre, but I could definitely see myself watching this again. And then I am curious to see if they come back with a second season and what, what that would look like to your point. So um, excited to see what happens. Fuck yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Lovecraft Country. Fuck yeah. You fucking nailed it, Lovecraft Country, you spooky <laughs> bitch. Fucking loved it. <laughs> Want more of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, but this has been great. I fucking, God, I don't know the last time I actually talked to you. Thank God I have a podcast a so that we're forced to, obligated to yeah, speak to each other. Yeah, it's good. It keeps us, our relationship running afloat. <laughs> sure. Something like that. But well, <laughs> thanks for uh, being here via Zoom, bruh. Um, Thanks for having me. It was great. So, oh, how was the opera? Portland Opera. How was, how's the, how, how are things there? I saw your, your opera. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Thanks. Wait, is this, are we still podcasting? Yeah. Plug your opera. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, um, they actually did run a free viewing of it for Juneteenth. So I don't know if they're planning on it's very unique because like the whole medium is that it was a recorded thing. So I don't know if they're going to make it available just at random points, but that'd be awesome. It's good. They're, they're, I mean, we're, we're still on a little break. So they just did a, um, actually a show about Frida Kahlo. They did like an outdoor, they're doing an outdoor show for that. And then this next season they're planning on doing like some, some like regular, regular ass shows which is pretty exciting so we're planning on um doing stuff at the keller auditorium so that would be that's portland opera plug for portland opera if anyone's an opera oh my god silence your goddamn phone (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm blowing up um it's actually me just texting you to shut your phone (laughs) uh yeah so it's going well thanks for asking yeah you're welcome um all right well yeah so again thanks for being here Listeners, thanks for listening and keep streaming. Bye. Keep streaming. Bye. Bye.
Bye.